Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley. Thank you guys again for joining me as we have another great show for you today. My man, Jeff Francoeur, analyst for the Atlanta Braves, two-sport high school star from Parkview High School, will join me today to talk about some of the things he went through as a young player, also talking about the upcoming start of season. Opening day is today in baseball, so we'll get all his thoughts on opening day and everything that's happening in the baseball world. We got a couple discussion points today that I can't wait to talk about that's going to make some people have some different kind of arguments. Of course, I got my little argument here at the end with my man, Sky, who also joins me every single week here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Let's jump into some of the things happening around the world. Let's start in the NFL. Talk about some of the things that's happening with the team, happening with the players. And Sky, you know what, man? There was a big tweet coming out this week. A lot of the NFL players came together. They talked about hashtag we want to play. They actually put it on Twitter, used their platform to talk about different things yeah. going into the season. And obviously the NFL PA uh, was lobbying for no preseason games uh, coming up this fall. Uh, but the biggest thing I think comes into with the NFL and these players are the testing protocols. All these guys want to be healthy. Some guys have wives at home who are pregnant. Some guys have little small kids or you have family members who have been affected by COVID-19. So the NFL and the players want to make sure as they approach training camp that there are protocols set in place. Right. Now, yeah. a couple of things that we've heard is the first two weeks of camp, they will test every single day. And here in Atlanta, Calvin Ridley put out a tweet that said, I'm not sure I'm cool with being tested every single day. How would you feel if you were tested every single day for COVID? Well, I haven't had a test yet myself. And so I can't really speak to it, but I have sat next to my son and mm -hmm. watched him take a test in a drive-through yeah. yeah. that he had to take to go to summer camp this summer. To get a physical, yeah. It don't look fun. <laughs> Sticking the two things up your I nose saw, and I all that? I yeah. saw it poke out the back of his head a little bit. But, <laughs> but I mean, and it's easy for me to say, I'm not an NFL player, but yeah. I feel like that I would be, if that was an opportunity to go play and to make money to get your years of service, right. whatever, right. whatever the cases may be. And I don't know all those details, but I think I'd do it. And I think they'll probably, you know, it'll be, it takes like 10 seconds. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, all these players want to play and they put yeah. out the hashtag. We want to play. They want things to be right, but understandably. So it has to be under the right safety protocols. And I think one of the things that they are asking is mm -hmm. okay. What if somebody does have a positive test? Yeah, that's gonna happen. We know that there are gonna be some guys that get tested for positive for COVID nineteen. How do you go about getting this guy quarantined? Do mm -hmm. you quarantine the guys he's been around? Do you mm -hmm. quarantine the position groups? Do you quarantine where he's been? Like all those things have to be talked about right. before they get into training camp, and that's a big discussion point. Yeah, and I think I think one thing, and and I, I hope this is what's happening with the NFL right now is that they are watching what MLS is doing. Mm -hmm. They're watching what NBA is doing. They're watching what Major baseball is doing yeah. um, to try to figure out the best best way to proceed. Right. Um, but the bottom line is they probably need to be communicating with the players a little bit better. Yeah. Is my guess based yeah. on what, you know, what, what the reactions we're seeing from players. Yeah. And it's going to happen. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are going to be in issues 
or be in spots where they got to make the tough decision on, do I want to be safe for my family? I want to be safe for myself or do I want to go get this money? And mm-hmm. a lot of guys have guaranteed contracts. A lot of guys are on the league minimum, so they need to play. They want yeah. to play. Yeah, so that's right. going to be a whole nother story in its own right. So we'll be waiting to see this play out. Next thing I want to talk about, there are a lot of discussions about top running backs in the league. Saquon Barkley has been a a big talking point. Is he the best back in the league? Is it Derrick Henry? Is it Ezekiel Elliott? Is it Nick Chubb? Is it Dalvin Cook? Is it Christian McCaffrey? There's a bunch of different guys who can be considered to be the top running back in the league. Now, this is going to start a lot of arguments around. I know it. Who is your top running back in the National Football League right now? Are we going based on stats or are we going no, based on? No, just because, when you watch the games, who yeah. is the best running back you believe? Because you didn't name him. Ooh. Who Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Okay, explain why Alvin Kamara I, to use the best back. He's a freak athlete. He, just some of the things he does. I just I just think that the offense he plays in. Right. It, it, and, and he does do a lot of damage catching the ball. But the offense he plays, he's not going to run it 30 times a game. Right. You know, Christian McCaffrey is unbelievable. Yeah. The, and, and they're going to be so bad this year, DJ. He's, he's going to get. He's gonna get hammered. All, all he's season. used to getting all the touches anyway. Yeah, I mean, but uh, so there, you can make an argument for everybody you just you just met. Well, not everybody, but Zeke. He, he's he's I think he's really really good. Yeah, but I think that I could rush for five hundred yards behind that offensive line. <laughs> That's you can take that. I understand mm-hmm. that, and I think you got to take into consideration when you're talking about running backs. Can they do it all? Mm-hmm. Are they consistent? Are they a three down back. That's mm-hmm. another big part of it. And when you look at these guys, can they go inside? Can they play inside and outside? Mm-hmm. And you look at Zeke, you look at Saquon, both those guys have the ability to run the ball inside and yeah. outside, but are physical enough right. and good enough to catch the ball out the backfield sure. as well. You yeah. look at a guy like Derek Henry, though, mm-hmm. who balled out yeah. in the playoffs but he's more of a, a, a bruiser. You don't see him catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, he's pretty one-dimensional. I, I, I like Christian McCaffrey, but one guy who I think is kind of under the radar is, and it's not me being a, a Georgia homer, it's Nick Chubb. <laughs> Nick Chubb ran for 1,400 yards, almost 1,500 yards last year in the National Football League, but because he plays for the Browns, because he's not as uh, flashy or outgoing as a Zeke or Saquon, I don't think he gets talked about a lot. So Nick Chubb is a guy for me that's in – my top five. Well, they still got a, the the Browns still got to prove it, but I do believe they are an up and coming team. They right? are up and coming. They got and, a lot of talent. So he's going to be getting more more exposure, and and I think you're right. I think he yeah. is he is a uh, he is a top five running back. The last thing about backs I'll talk about is I want you to have speed. You have to have strength. You got to have some awareness, and at the end of the day, you have to be an X factor. Yeah. When you put that guy on the linebacker, you put him on the safety, you run an option route. And you can get four or five yards to convert a first down. I love that. When you can turn around, it's third and one, and you can hand it to him, and he can pound it and run a guy over to get a first down. That's big. I need a back like that, and I think Zeke is that back for me. He can also break one, too. Saquon is the same way. But I think Zeke is in the top five for me. He's one of my my tops in the league. Uh, But I I still like Nick Chubb uh, in my top three. And Dalvin Cook, when healthy, is a dangerous dude as well. So a lot of talk about that. Uh, let's move on to high school football. In California, they pushed the season back to December or January. Here in Georgia, they just pushed it back two weeks. But they also said a lot of schools are going to go to this digital learning mm-hmm. for maybe the first semester. So my thing is, I don't know if I agree with it because I have an eight-year-old son. 
and he wanted to start playing football this year. But I'm like, how can they say you can play football, but you can't go to school? Right. So it's a sticky point for me. What do you think about Georgia pushing, you know, football back two weeks? Because you got a son, too, that's playing football. Yeah, he's – and my son's going to be a freshman. Mm -hmm. So he is really excited right now. He's been going through these these rough midday practices. Um, So I'm having a hard time making the connection too yeah. or, or, or or understanding the disconnect right how they cannot go to school but they can do this personally i believe pushing it back two weeks is just buying them two more yeah. weeks to push it back two more weeks yeah. and then to push it back you know so i'm 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 i feel pretty confident that something like that's going to happen yeah so if they are to try to play football in the spring then there's going to be a lot of kids that play baseball and lacrosse again yeah, that's a situation gonna my son's going to be in that he's he wants to play baseball too yeah He'll have to make it. Will he have to make a decision? You know how how will that work? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And there's going to be a lot of you know that's going to affect a lot of kids. Um, yeah. But I'll be honest with you. I just want them. I See, want teachers teaching my kids instead of me teaching. For my sure. Kids. That's my, that's what I really want. My kids already asked. Are they going to have a different teacher? Which is not their <laughs> mom or their dad. So. <laughs> We'll see about that. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what they do in high school, college, and we already know the NFL. They're gonna play because it's big business. All right, let's end it with some golf. Obviously, golf uh, today starts to 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities in Minnesota. Uh, the purse is up to 6.6 mil. A couple other dates to think about next week. They have the World Golf Championships, which is the FedEx St. Jude Invitational, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. That purse gets up to 10.5. Scott, what are we doing? We gotta play more golf. Yeah. Uh, the Tour Championship, which is at East Lake, starts September 4th through the 7th. And the Masters, of course, is moved back to November the 12th through the 15th at Augusta National. And as every week, I try to surprise my man Scott with a, a trick question or something that makes him think a little bit. And you can tell. You, you just heard him kind of check his throat right there. He's a little nervous, but it's not going <laughs> to be that bad. What you got? Here it is. Tell me your top three. I said we're going to have a little discussion here. A lot of people are going to wonder what this is. Uh, but give me your top three sports movies of all time. Wow. That is, uh, man, that's, yeah. that's yeah, a yeah. hard one to take yeah. cold, Cause, DJ. Because there's a lot, a lot of one. I'll give you my three first. Okay. So that I allow you to think about it, all right? Yeah. All right. No, okay, go ahead. All right. My first one, Remember the Titans. Okay. You, you, you can't Terrific go wrong movie. with Remember the Titans. Terrific Great movie. movie. A yeah. lot of good teaching in it. But also really good. My second one, the program. Oh wow, yeah. You you better have seen the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course, good. Yeah. Okay, my man Darnell Jepsen is Omar Omar Epps. Yeah, Omar. Joe Epps Kane. Yeah, it's a good movie. Lattimore, come on, man. All right, and my final one. This is a no brainer for me. That's why I got to save it for last. Rocky one through four, oh, five and six. Four. I'm not really. I'm not on that. But after All after he Rockies. fights after he fights Ivan Drago, then I'm I'm pretty much out of. But one through four. They come on TV, I'm watching. I don't care what's on. Well, I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm looking over your shoulder exactly. at a six-foot – well, he ain't six-foot, but a, uh, a life-size Rocky cutout. Rocky's my dude, bro. All right. Um, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to go with any of those, though. Um, That's okay. You, you don't know any better. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the Sandlot. Sandlot's cool, man. I like, I like that. Okay. I know it's not uh, – Epic, but it is it is a fun movie that you know I didn't play baseball in the fifties or whenever that movie set, but still, <laughs> it, you know pickup games and yeah. stuff like that that yeah. takes me back. I like that the Mastiff in the back scared you. Know, yeah, the beast. Okay. yeah, the yeah. beast. Yeah, the beast. Okay, I think Trey, right. Trey was watching that when we were here last week. No doubt. Um, I gotta go with Rudy. Ooh, I love Rudy, tough. man. That's tough. Rudy gives me goosebumps. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, Rudy, um, Rudy's good. Golly, 
He runs out there at the end. Yeah. And he you know, oh, gives him a little on. fist. Come on. He gets the sack at the end. Come I mean, on. And you got to love he did it against Georgia Tech, right? No doubt. I mean, I watched that. <laughs> I rewind that like five, six times every time. Um, And then my last one. Golly, man. I'm going to go with. Uh, got Rudy. You know you want to you want to get one of mine. That's what it is. Come on. You I, know you I, do. I like Remember the Titans. Yeah, you can't. You think about the dance? Huh. I feel good. I'm going to go Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Yeah. That's a classic. That's I'll a go classic. with that. I mean, that's that, a good that top is, three off the top yeah, of your head right one. there. Yeah, that's tough. Hoosiers is pretty good. Well done. I'm sure we have plenty of those top three sports movies of all time. Hey, if you, you want to tweet a Scott, tell him. Tell them how they can get after you on Twitter or Instagram. What's your handle? Scotty D425. Scotty D425. You can crush him about his top three sports moments or last week talking about catch-up or the week before how Outcast has ruined it for him. So, (laughs) Well, and and don't forget, the show is on Instagram, and I need to get that Twitter up and going. That's on me, but we'll get that going soon. We got it. All right, you can find me at DJ Shockley 3. And, hey, tweet us your top three sports movies of all time. Maybe we could talk about him next week and maybe we might even mention you so it's time to talk to my man Jeff Francoeur we're going to talk all things baseball a little bit of everything here coming up my man Jeff Francoeur now joining me on the show is a guy who Around the country, he was a really, really stout player in high school. This dude, two sports star, did it all, and now is the analyst for the Atlanta Braves. My man, Jeff Friend Core Frenchy, how you doing, man? Good, DJ. How are you, brother? Man, I'm doing all right. Hanging in here. You got all these honey do lists going on around the house. I'm sure you got it. You got, you know, three young ones as well. So I'm sure uh, they're keeping you guys busy. I think I just saw a a picture of you and your your family on a boat uh, this past week. Uh, how's the family doing and how you doing? Everybody's good, man. Everybody's good. We are, uh, yeah, three chasing three kids around. We got <laughs> one more on the way. We got we got a little boy due in November, so I'm going to even it up two and two. So nice. I'm pretty much just doing that and ready for baseball, football, ready for sports to be back no on doubt. TV, to be honest with you. My man, congrats on the new guy coming in. I mean, did you plan it out just Dang. right where you can go two for two like that and be, and be done? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, friends, before we talk some uh, baseball, I want to uh, kind of give the people a little background about you, people who may not have followed your career, uh, but a lot of people who have know you are an extremely, extremely good athlete uh, coming out of Parkview High School here in Georgia and two-sports star, won a couple – state championship in baseball and football. Talk about high school, Parkview. I know you guys were powerhouses. <laughs> how did how did you do it, man? I mean, how could you be the focal point in both sports and be that dude? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I tell people all the time, and I know you, of course, you know, were about the same time I was in high school. But mm-hmm. I mean, we had such a good football team. I mean, we had Lineman over 300 pounds. We had Sean Dawkins, Brad Lester, who went on to Troy and Auburn. So I always say I got lucky because we ran the ball about 85% of the time. And those guys would get about eight yards of pop. And then they'd bring nine to the scrimmage. So I'd just run a post route and get an easy touchdown <laughs> every game. Um, but no, we, I mean, look, we had a great high school program and we had guys committed. Um, 
you know, all over the country to play at different schools, division one. And we are a close knit group of guys and we had coach flow and great coaching staff that, uh, you know, did a phenomenal job. And, you know, I, I still tell people all the time, I, I, even though I'm a baseball guy, my favorite sport was football all the time. I'm now I'm, I, I never regret choosing what I did and I'm glad I did it, but, uh, you know, football was some of the best memories I've ever had. And Frenchie, that's the crazy part about it. Cause now I look back on it. I was a guy who played multiple sports in high school, really loved baseball. Baseball was like my passion. I actually got drafted in baseball, but I did the other part and was stupid and went and played football. <laughs> so you had a much longer and better career cause you chose baseball other than football. But I want to give you a little props. I want to, I want the people to know kind of the things you did in high school just to show how much of a badass you were. In your, in your junior year, you batted an even 500 with 20 dingers. You guys were 32 and four, won a state championship. Of course, you played center field as a reliever. Then uh, I was reading up on it, and it says in a championship game, you hit two home runs, hit a grand slam in one that clinched it for you. I mean, who can write these kind of stories? Uh, yeah, well, I tell you what, my, my last series in high school against Lasseter was I mean I, you, you can't even make that up I mean I, I was so lucky to to do that actually I love it because it's a great story we we honestly the guy that ha- hit behind me name was Billy Howard and he hit 650 a senior year high Come school on, went to bro. Georgia so I literally had the best protection and so I remember you know they pitched to me and yeah, oh yeah <laughs> and he was a stud well so Mickey McMurtry the head coach for Lasseter it was two days before the draft and I hit four home runs and after the game, we were shaking hands and I'll never forget. He, he shook my hand and said, I hope you respect the fact that I pitched to you today and all that. <laughs> and I just remember I, wa- I wasn't being a smart aleck, but I said, I do. And I appreciate it. Cause you made me an extra 250,000 in the draft in two days, <laughs> nice, <laughs> which, which I always tell him, thank you for that. But, mm. uh, you know, it, it was, we, I, I went to a great high school with great athletes around me too, which as you know, playing at Georgia and, you know, you got to have good people with you too. And sure. I was a, I was fortunate enough to have great players with me. And not only you did it in baseball, you did it in football. You wore that number twelve, and uh, I was reading you had over a thousand yards receiving in your senior year. You had some picks. You played on both sides of the ball. You got your jersey retired up there. I mean, <laughs> the bigger question is, how did you choose baseball over football? That's the biggest question. I know everybody always ask you, but being so talented in both sports, what was the difference between choosing baseball over football going to college? Because you turned down a scholarship to play receiver at Clemson. What was the biggest selling point for you? Was it the money or was it just, hey, I love baseball more? Well, you know, money was a big part, but uh, a guy the year before me out of Clemson named Roscoe Crosby, Mm -hmm. who was from South Carolina, and he signed to play football and baseball he was signed to play football at Clemson and he got drafted in the first round and signed and I'll never forget I actually was able to talk to him and he was the year before me and he got so beat up in his first year playing college football mm-hmm. and you know how it is you know obviously you were quarterback but playing receiver DB whichever one I would have I mean I would have got hit a lot or been hitting a lot and <laughs> you talk about your shoulders getting banged up and I'll never forget he he actually told me he's like man if you have a chance in baseball he's like I would take that opportunity and run with it and that was the biggest thing for me I I love football I love everything it was about but I remember I signed to go to Clemson and Tommy Bowden you know wanted me to come obviously but 
when I got offered, you know, first round money, I'll never forget when I called and told him that I was signing to play, you know, baseball and I wasn't going to come for football. He's like, let me tell you something right now. He's like, if you were my kid, I would tell you not a chance in hell you're playing college football. <laughs> and I, you know, I always appreciated that though, because, you know, he knew what was best for my career right. and, and the opportunity that I had not, not to mention a hometown team. You know, you grew right. up here too, you know, being from Georgia, a chance to play at Turner field and for the Braves was kind of hard to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a remarkable story. I mean, I tell people that all the time I get a, Got a chance to play at UGA, then get drafted by the Falcons. I mean, it's kind of the dream come true to be able to stay in your hometown and all your family gets to see you. So it, it definitely was a, a a cool point, as I know it was for you. Now you get the opportunity, you get drafted in the first round by the hometown team, and you, you get this kind of uh, bullseye on you. Uh, you and McCann and a couple other guys, the baby Braves, with a lot of excitement <laughs> around you guys. Uh, talk about – what it felt like first off to get drafted in the first round to the Braves and then being deemed as the next big superstars to come through. Well, I got spoiled in the fact that when we got drafted, me and Brian, we were both first and second round and we worked our way up quick. I mean, within two and a half years, we were both 21 and in the big leagues. And of course I come up in 05, which was the last of a, the Braves 14 division title. So it's like, here it is. I'm 21. I'm in the big leagues. Uh, you know, I happened to get on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and here I am in the playoffs my first year. And it was just like every – it was almost too good to be true. Like, right. you just felt like, holy crap, we're going to get to do this every year. And, you know, little did I know that that would be the last of the division titles in 05. Mm. And, you know, the Phillies came on strong after that. The Mets came flying on after that too. And so you realized how lucky I was that first year to be able to get called up play in front of your family and go to the playoffs, you know, against the Astros who ended up actually going to the world series that year. But uh, for me, it kind of happened, you know, when you, you, people tell you, you won't appreciate till you look back and it was so true because right. it happened so quick. And uh, you know, it's still crazy for me to think about that. That was 15 years ago that I went through all that, but um, you know, I want to trade it for anything, the opportunity to be in Atlanta to, Playoffs and and to wear the the Braves uniform, which like I said, I grew up going to you know Braves and Falcons games since I I could walk. You know, my dad yeah. had me in all the games, so uh, something I still am just tickled to death when I get a chance to tell people about the story. Your first major league hit? Do you remember that? I do. I I was able to hit a three run homer, but I tell people about being in the right place. Sometimes we were playing the Cubs that night, and I was actually it was my fourth at bat. A lot of people think it was my first at bat. It was my mm. fourth at bat, and I was already 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, and I had a 3-2 <laughs> count. Oh. So here I am. I'm one strike away from the hat trick in my first game ever in the big leagues. <laughs> and instead, I tell people all the time, when people ask me who my favorite player in the big leagues is, I say Glendon Rush because he hung me a 3-2 changeup that I hit out for the home run. So, and, and honestly, I still see Glendon Rush time to time, and he always tells me, he's like, you owe me. And I'm like, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's a, that's a great way to uh, get your first hit for sure is, you know, kind of win the game for your boys and having a, a, a good start to your season. I mean, first full season, you hit 260, 29 homers, 100 RBIs. I mean, things were rolling for you going into that, that that second year, the second year you get a, a gold glove, another 100-plus RBI season, and then you get your first ejection. Tell me about your first ejection. for you. I mean, 
You seem like such a nice guy. How are you getting oh, thrown out of the game, man? I've never been. I, I never was thrown out of a game, never even close, never really even argued much. And I'll never forget we were in San Diego, and it was on a hot Sunday day game, and I, I just was pissed. The guy screwed me <laughs> on a ball way inside. You know, and so, of course, I had the chance to play, I think we all agree, for the best manager ever in Bobby Cox. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby came trotting out argued dip spit all over the umpire he was gone and you know i tell people next thing you know uh i'm walking in and bobby's like hey look i, I said well what do i do i've never been tossed before and he says well you're probably going to get fined you know five five hundred bucks a thousand bucks he was like you know he said or you can do what i do i just write a check at the big beginning of the season for 25 grand and send it in and tell him to let me know if i owe anything and, uh you know, on that, but that's why I love Bobby, man. I got ejected the next day. I'm right back in the lineup, batting fifth. And, uh, you know, that's just how he, he managed. It was awesome. Right. And then you fast forward that second year. And you got to tell me this truth. Did you get ejected to the exact same day one year later? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it, which, and, and for no good reason. I mean, you just, you do. And actually, I think my, my, my end of my stat line in my career, I think I got ejected nine or 10 times. And my wife always said I was allowed one good outburst a year. That's what she told me. She was like, she was like just go ahead and get, get ejected once a year. Um, but you know, I tell people, man, you, even though I, I was such a happy low, 162 baseball games a year, yeah. you're bound to, bound to get mad at least one time a year and get thrown out. Man, that's a lot of baseball for sure. I mean, yes. It's it's definitely worth it. And then you talk about your wife. You you've known your wife since third grade. Is that right, Frenchie? Since third grade, you guys have known each other. And, and senior year, you guys that's when you finally started dating. We did, we did. And of course, you'll love it because she's a dog. So she went to Georgia. And, she is yes, uh, yes. She yeah. She'll tell people she was a smart one in the family. But she's I right, lived, Frenchie. I mean, she's right. I mean, it makes I, sense. I mean, I know. Our dogs I are actually live. I know. I actually lived in Athens two off seasons um, when I was playing and trained up there um, with Rob Livingstone, who was the baseball strength trainer at the mm -hmm. time for the Georgia baseball team. So uh, I do owe a lot to uh, to Rob and, and the baseball program because I, I lifted and trained with them all off season, which was great. Cool, cool. All right. You, you go through a, a few years where you end up – I know it was tough. You got traded to the Mets. You played for the Rangers for a little bit, played for the Royals, and then – in 14 it was a, a interesting time that I, I would love to to ask you about and I'm sure people would love to hear their story I saw this video uh, a few days ago when I knew we were going to end up talking and I think you know where I'm going with it uh you go down to triple a ball you go you go down to triple a ball you're playing for the El Paso Chihuahuas and for some reason the guys want to play a nice long month long prank on you Explain uh, what happened and how did you fall for this particular prank? Well, so it was only 16 days. It was not a month. So <laughs> no, I got to so set the record straight <laughs> on that. But, you know, I mean, I'd like to believe I'm a nice guy, caring, understand. Right. Well, the first day I get to the to the AAA team with San Diego, we're taking BP, and Pat Murphy was the manager who was a long time guy at Arizona State, Notre Dame, mm -hmm. um, great coach, and he's actually the bench coach for the for the Brewers now, but 
first day and we're hitting BP and I had a bullet down left field and all the pitchers are down there meeting and they all scatter except this one guy. And I remember looking at him going, what's wrong with that idiot? And, <laughs> and Pat, Pat, our manager goes, oh my God, you didn't know he's deaf. Oh. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, he's deaf. <laughs> and so I'm like, really? So I didn't think of anything of it. The day was gone. The next morning we have a 10 o'clock meeting. Well, little did I know that the rest of the crew got there at 830 and they devised oh. this huge plan to, to tell me that this, <laughs> this guy was deaf. And I got to give it to him. His name was Jorge Reyes. And he, I mean, our first road trip, we flew on a plane. He literally sat on the plane, looked straight ahead, listening to no music, nothing. Oh. Just, just played it up to a G. He got an Oscar. <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And actually the best part is my dad flew up to Tacoma, Washington to see me. Um, you know, I mean, I was in AAA. I was down on myself a little bit. So he was, you know, Pops comes to see you. And I'll never forget, they finally decided they were going to tell me that day. So the manager gets my dad and he's like, hey, your son has been an idiot for about two and a half weeks. Do you want to come in here and see us? So actually, my dad was in the locker room when they showed me the video that day. Uh, you know, and I, I gave all the guys, man, let me tell you, I gave them a lot of credit because I'm a jokester. Oh, man. And I always kind of mess with people, but I got the ultimate prank pulled on me. So There's how, no doubt about it. How did they ultimately break it to you that – you oh, they the showed me a guy. video. They they put a video together and they sat down and showed the video. And Whoa. the first thing that happened in the video was the supposed deaf guy basically <laughs> talked for about a minute. And I remember my face just and they actually had to edit some of the video because I said some choice words that of course they didn't want to put out there, but I uh I could not believe it. Still don't believe it to this day. Oh man, that is one of the funniest stories that when I saw it, I could not believe it. I said, I cannot wait to ask my man about that particular story. Uh, so now, uh, obviously, you, you retired in, you know, 16, 17. You get into the broadcast world. And similar to how I am when I finished playing, started doing some TV work here and there. Talk about the transition going from baseball to being the guy that's getting asked all the questions to now. You're the guy that had to answer everything. You have to analyze everything. What was that transition like for you? You know, I'm sure it's like you. When you're in the midst of playing, you don't think about what you want to do after. You're head to the grindstone. You're like, hey, I'm going to play forever. Right. And then eventually you realize, yeah, they might make this decision for me sooner than later. <laughs> uh, and, and I wanted to stay in the game. But you know as well as I do, I had kids. I, you know, coaching is a full-time commitment. I mean, that's sure. more than, than than being there with, you know, when you're playing. I mean, you're at the field longer hours. Let's be honest, less pay than when you played. And right. so I was like, I wanted to do something that I could still be involved but still have time to, um, you know, coach my kids, be around with my kids. So mm -hmm. we had talked to Fox and 17 about doing some games, doing some pre- and post-games, and lucky enough, they they were on board. Uh, so 17 and 18, I got the opportunity to kind of, you know, get my feet wet, see what I wanted to do. And lucky enough in 19 that, you know, they asked me to do the job full time pretty much. Uh, so I was able to do a hundred games. And then, you know, last year was awesome too, because I got to do the playoffs for TBS mm -hmm. uh, for the national league, which I'll be doing again this year for the American league series. Nice. And um, so it kind of was my dream come true. And, you know, I think this is a part for me. I'd love for 15, 20 more, more years to be able to 
you know, broadcast, talk about the game, stay involved because, you know, it's like anything when we're involved, you know, we're, we're there our whole lives. It's, it's what we do. It's our passion. And so for me to be able to stay in Atlanta and do it for my hometown team, you know, is a pretty easy decision. Right. Jeff, we always have a lot of kids who uh, listen to this podcast. A lot of them are in the same kind of position you're in. A lot of them are two sports stars. A lot of them are uh, looking to go to the next level or at the next level. What are some things that when you were growing up, when you were playing, uh, that kept you motivated and kept you focused on the dream ahead? Well, I tell people, first and foremost, my mom and dad were both involved in education. My dad worked in the DeKalb County school system for 37 years. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom was a math teacher. So education and school was first and foremost, the most important thing for me. And, you know, if I didn't have my grades, if I didn't behave, my dad would yank my ass out of a game in two seconds. So I knew I had to be on top of it. And two, it kept me out of trouble, man, playing football, playing baseball. It kept me with my buddies, kept me out of drugs, kept me out of alcohol, kept me out of, you know, the things that I'm, I, I could have got myself into if I wasn't putting my heart and soul into sports. And so I tell kids all the time, A, play sports, but B, play as many as you can. I hate, I can't stand how people try to specialize this this day especially early on middle school kids trying to play one or two sports Mm -hmm. um i'm like play it all i played basketball until my sophomore year of high school um you know once i realized i to to quit that but you know the fact of the matter is i kept my options open and i played baseball for six months out of the year and i played football for six months out of the year and our coaches knew that you know i said some of the some of the best things I still love that I did was I had an opportunity my junior and senior year to go play in some travel tournaments in July, late July for baseball with scouts everywhere. Well, instead of that, I went and did two a days with my buddies at, at high school, nice. and I, I love that because my buddies knew my buddies knew. Hey, look, I could have gone and did this baseball, and they wanted to look different at me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I went through two a days with them, you know, sweating my butt off working with these guys so they knew when we got in the trenches for football season I did exactly what they did and I was exactly and so I tell people all the time commit to to a couple things like that and do it full board because I always tell people football made me a better baseball player and baseball made me a better football player and it's something that I I never regret playing both sports man I love that I I was a guy who uh, mentioned it earlier similar you played every sport and you look around today and so many kids are just specializing in the one thing. And they're, I think, losing out on so many great things that you could uh, learn from in either sports that can help you build you up once you get to that next level or wherever you want to go. So I, I love the fact that you said that. And as a guy who did it at the highest level in both sports, uh, it's pretty cool to hear. Well, Make- and, Deke, you know, I think a big thing real quick, too, is, you know, I hear so many parents that are kids are 11 and 12 and they're pitchers. And I'm like, look your kid only has so many bullets in the arm, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you only have so much. If your kid's out there throwing every week at 11, 12 years old and never takes a rest, I promise you, eventually their arm's going to give out. And I see it happen all the time. Kids get to high school now and 17, 18. And, and instead of throwing 94, 95, they're throwing 88, 89 because they just, they've never had a rest. They've never done anything else. And I'm telling you, it's, it's detrimental to the kids, and I hate it for them. Man, love you saying that, man. I know a lot of kids, a lot of 
parents who who listen will get a lot out of that and from a guy who who's been there and done it. So appreciate you saying that. Baseball season is here. Opening day starts today. Initial thoughts on finally getting this season started. Uh, I know it's been abbreviated with only 60 games, but your initial thoughts on finally it's here and we get to see some baseball. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. You know, I'm an <laughs> optimist. And, and, and I know this whole pandemic uh, has been tough and a lot of people suffered and it, it's been you know, tough from a financial aspect for a lot of people and mm-hmm. different stuff. But I've always said the one thing that sports can do is, is it can, it can boost morale. It can put a nation on its back when it needs to. Right. And I think it's so good to see baseball come back. I'm, I'm dying for football to come back. I know that yeah. it's gotta be safe. We got to find it the best way to do it, but I think it's good for people to be able to watch it. Even if we can't go to the games, you can see it on TV and you can, you know, enjoy it with your families. And I, and I hope more than anything this weekend with baseball that people enjoy that they get to watch a baseball game. They get to see it back and, and can really take some time to, to enjoy what we have. Because I think I'll be the first to tell you, you know, I think we take it for granted all the time that we just can turn on the TV and see a baseball, basketball or football game whenever we want. Yeah. And, you know, we had it taken away from us. And I hope people can you know, appreciate that we're going to get the opportunity, hopefully, to see it. Because I know that I need it. I know that a lot of people need it. <laughs> no doubt. I'm with you. I'm in that boat, too. We we, we all want to see some kind of live sports. So we're, we're looking forward to that. The only thing we've had is, is golf lately. And, you know, I'm a avid golfer. So uh, uh, it's glad to get something else on the board. Yep. Uh, a bunch of different protocols are coming into place as the season starts, obviously. Uh, the rosters max out at 30. Uh, one I thought was interesting was if you're at home, Major League Baseball is telling those guys to dress at home and then come to the park. They're trying to limit all the, uh, I guess, the interaction inside the locker room. How many guys do you think will actually drive in their car in their full uniform to the game? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I haven't done that since high school. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I don't think a lot of guys will do it. I, From what I've heard, they're actually doing a great job of like the Braves, for instance, this past week, all the inner squad games, mm-hmm. the position players didn't report to like four o'clock. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the pitchers that weren't going to pitch in those games came at like 12 or one, got their work in and then went home. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't there to overlap with the other players. And I think the baseball guys are doing a good job of, of limiting this, you know, and I've had a chance to talk to Brian Snicker, the Braves manager. He said, look, We've told the guys from day one, I know some of these rules look kind of like, wait a minute, you expect us to follow this and do this. But he said, I told the guys, the only way for this season to go is for people to be honest and for people to understand the protocols. And, you know, I talked to Freddie Freeman last week and he said, you know, when I was going through what I was, I wasn't really feeling any symptoms or anything. And Mm. he said, it had been really easy for me to go to the field and it and infects a few other people, not knowing that I had symptoms, but I waited for my test results. I tested positive. And then we all know he had a couple of days where he, you know, he felt awful yeah. and he had a bad fever. And, you know, he said, it's going to take people taking it upon themselves to understand it's not just about you. It's about protecting people around you and, and, you know, giving other people a chance to not get infected. And so I think, yes, the protocols are tough. But I tell you what, I think the guys have done a pretty good job, and I think we're going to have to accept DJ that, you know what, 
there's going to be some superstars two weeks in the season that test positive for this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we're just going to have to do the best we can to, to move on after that, to understand that it's going to happen. And, you know, you try to limit your interaction and, and get them back as soon as they, you know, get a couple negatives. Yeah. I love the fact what of major league baseball is trying to do. Cause obviously we know the national football league is looking as well. Uh, they're, they're looking to start training camp soon. So, uh, watching what the MLB does protocol-wise, keeping these guys safe, I think is a big part of if we will continue to see baseball or see football having this season if the guys do the right thing. Uh, obviously, you're yeah. you're around this team. You're around the Braves. You know what they're about. You know uh, who's going to be the, the new leaders in, in this locker room. Obviously, the loss of Marquez and Hernandez because of COVID is a big deal. You just talked about Freddie Freeman and things he's had to go through. What are you – hearing about this team and what are you expecting as this season approaches for Braves fans and everybody who wants to know what this team will look like here in 2020? Well, I think one reason I think all the Braves are excited too to, to be back out is I think we all know we are going to have a hell of a team this year, yeah. regardless whether we're playing 60 games or 162. And I know talking to, to Freddie and to Ronald and Ozzy, there's a lot of unfinished business for these guys. And they felt like they – let a series in St. Louis slip through the cracks last year. And I, they did. I mean, I think we all agree they did. They had a, a team that to me could have made a run at the world series. Now, with that being said, um, you know, I think a big advantage for the Braves in a 60 game season this year is one of our best uh, attributes is our bullpen. We mm. have an unbelievably stacked bullpen. And I think those guys are going to be able to go out there and, and put up a lot of zeros, throw a lot. And so I think, you know, you can turn a, a four to five inning game, um, you know, and turn it over to your bullpen. You're not having to have your starters go, right. you know, seven, seven eight, eight innings, innings to win a ball game. <laughs> exactly. So I think you can tell Soroka, free these young guys, go out there and give me five innings, all you got. And then if we're in the lead, I'm going to turn it over to those, you know, five, six guys that have all got closing experience and let's go win some ball games. I love that. Well, what's your impressions of, the young star in Ronald Kuhn. Obviously, you're a guy who cool. we talked about it earlier, who came into the league with, with lots of fanfare and was ultra talented. Fal- I mean, the Braves have a, a similar guy in Ronald Kuhn. What are your thoughts on his overall game and what is, you know, he, how far can this guy go? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I really think to myself, I can't remember a guy in the last 20 years in the Atlanta area, maybe besides Julio Jones. Mm hmm who to me brought so much excitement that Ronald Acuna does. And I mean, Freddie Freeman to me is the heart and soul of that team. But I'll tell you what, you go look at any, any kids wearing baseball jerseys with Braves. And I swear it's Ronald Acuna on every one of them. And this kid is so talented that, you know, honestly, I think he's the second best player in baseball. I, I think until someone shows me they can do better than Mike Trout every year, I think it's tough to say that, He's not the best player, right. but Ronald's got every chance to, to be, to me, the second best player in all of baseball. And yeah. uh, he keeps getting better and better. And look, I think it's great what happened last year looking back. You know, he got yanked in a game. He got embarrassed in the playoffs by not running out. He's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Guys are going to make mistakes. Guys are going to have lapses in judgment. And I think it's great that, you know, he was able to, correct that move on you know plenty of people you know said choice words let them know i mean 
shoot, the Braves manager pulled him out of the game. Right. And I tell people all the time, you don't think Snit loves that guy? You know, two years ago when Jose Urena hit Ronald, remember, yeah. Snit was the oh, yeah. first one out of the out of the dugout about ready to fight that guy at yeah. the pitcher's mouth. So, <laughs> so, look, I think he is so darn good. And for me, the sky's the limit for that guy. I mean, he is – He's just fun to watch. Every night he's going to do something that's going to, to me, leave you amazed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are so many talented dudes in Major League Baseball, and he's one of those guys that regardless of your turn on sports and your turn on anything, this guy is one of the guys who's on there and who's doing some some really positive things. Uh, we know you cover the Braves, but you also have an outlook on this entire league. Uh, we'll, we'll love to hear who you think are going to be some of the contenders. Uh, I know it's only a 60-game season, but – uh, who are some teams that a lot of people should be uh, looking out for and say, hey, this other team that could possibly play in the World Series? I, mean, I still think the Dodgers are the team to beat in the NL. Uh, they're so strong, just fundamentally the whole way around. Dave Roberts is a hell of a manager. Um, so they, they got a great team. You know, I, I, I actually think that the Phillies are going to be pretty improved. Joe Girardi, their mm. manager, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. You know, I think he did great in New York bringing a guy with the experience in. But like I said, I mean, look, I think it's pretty cool. When you look at Sunday night baseball this year, it's usually always the Yankees, the Red Sox, those teams. The Braves have three games on Sunday night. They got the most Sunday night baseball wow. games out of any team. Nice. So I, I think that goes to show you what they think of Ronald and Ozzy and, and the superstars that the Braves have. So, you know, look, I, I actually think the Braves and Dodgers are going to square off finally for the NLCS this year. I thought it was going to happen last year, um, you know, and it ended up being the Cardinals and Nats. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I do think they're the two best teams in the National League, um, and, I, and I think they're going to play this year. I love that. I look forward to that. I wanted to ask you, uh, obviously there are touchy subjects that go on in baseball. There are touchy subjects that goes on in every sport. Uh, last year was, you know, the Patriots where, you know, they were recording people. Obviously this year in baseball it was the Astros and the cheating scandal. Kind of what, what was your thought on that issue and how often do you think it happens? Well, unfortunately, I think it happens a little more than you think. Now, it definitely didn't happen to the extent that the Dodgers took it. You right. know, I mean, the uh, Astros, they, right. they, you know, they, they took it a step too far. <laughs> and I think we all agree. Yeah. And, you know, I said, uh, you know, they're, they're one team that's going to be happy. There's not fans in the stands. <laughs> come opening day. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but there are, there, there's going to be that way in every sport. And I, I think the key to baseball is to find a way to nip that you know, look, any, anybody's given signs at second base to me, it's free game. Right. You, you can steal a catcher signs. Go ahead. For sure. Uh, but when you start taking it to that extent, um, it was sad. It was wrong to see it. And I hate it because there's a lot of people that, you know, went through that whole, you know, scenario. One of my best friends was a part of it, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's not a lot of fun to have to talk about it and to see him go through it. But I think at the same time, I'm glad it came to light. And I'm glad that punishment was taken. You know, I think that was the biggest thing. People were frustrated that it happened. Now let's do something about it. And I think MLB has done a, a decent job with it. Frenchy, before we let you go, man, uh, I know you're a busy guy, opening day coming up and getting ready for these Bravos and Major League Baseball to, to get going. And, and like I mentioned, we, we have a bunch of kids. We have a, a lot of people listening to the podcast. And I think the fact that you're a, a man of God brings a lot of people 
to feeling good about things that are going on and make it follow you. Talk about how big your faith has been in your life as well as when you played and then now into being a, a, a husband and a father. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I tell people all the time, you know, with what we go through every day, uh, I, I don't know how I would have ever got through some of the scenarios I did without my faith, mm -hmm. without my my trust in God, knowing, uh, you know, who who's the, the real king. And, you know, I, I try to tell kids all the time, you know, if you have an opportunity to to be around people that make you better, uh, go to them, flock to them. Mm -hmm. I was lucky. I got saved in high school, my 10th grade year. Uh, and Ben Watson was actually hmm. my huddle leader in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Wow, and, really? <laughs> you know, Ben, Ben Watson is, is still my hero to this day, not just because of, of that, but who he is and what he stands for. And I always say, you know, read, uh, I'm a big reader and read people that will challenge you. Tony Dungy, John Wooden, these guys that, mm -hmm. you know, to me, no matter what's going on in the outside world, and we all know, man, this last year, there has been a heck of a lot of stuff going on. Sure. You know, it can bring perspective and it can bring um, a way to heal, a way to teach people and educate them on, on different subjects. And so for me, you know, I, I, it's so, so nice because I, you know, tried to raise my kids uh, how I was raised by my mom and dad. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And so, you know, but it, it's big. I, I know you were a part up in Athens with, with coach Rick and, Absolutely. you know, you can truly say when you're around people like that, it makes you a better person and it makes you want to be the best you, you can be. And I, I can say we're both lucky to have people like that in our lives. Well, Jeff, I want to say, man, I, I appreciate you being on the show today. I mean, we talked about the state titles you won in high school, uh, playing 12 years in the, in the big leagues. Now you're successful in the, in the broadcast world. Uh, but I think you're even better guy. So I appreciate you coming on and, and kind of spilling your heart to a lot of people who I think will get a lot out of it today. So uh, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, let's go have a good baseball season, man. Good luck on on the rest of the year. Thanks, bud. Yeah, let's have a good baseball season and let's get some football going too, man. Oh, I'm with you, man. Pray <laughs> for that, man, for sure. All right, Finch, appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Man, what a show today. I want to thank my man, Jeff Francois, for coming on, talking about everything that happened in his career and leading up to the new baseball season this year. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Continue to share. Continue to subscribe. Tell somebody. Tell them to tell somebody. We appreciate you tuning into the Triple Threat Podcast every single week, and today is no different. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm DJ Shockley. We'll see you next time on the Triple Threat Podcast. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.